Unity of Farmington Hills, a positive path for spiritual living. no matter what's going on, right? <laughs> I'm forgiven. Let's give him another hand. <laughs> Laura, I love how you get into it. You get me into it. <laughs> yeah, she always gets me into it, too. Oh, man, man, man. It is awesome to be here. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to be here. Don't you feel good to be here? 
with everything that's going on during this season of Lent. We're clearing away a lot of stuff, right? <laughs> and then our, our unity book that we're using for Lent is called Fasting and Feasting. And there's a lot of go- that going on too, fasting and feasting. So I've been keeping up on that as well. Oh, man. So let's start off with um, a cute little joke. So I heard this story of this lady who had these two kids who were very mischievous. They were always into something. If there was something that went on in their small town, you best believe that those kids were somehow involved, right? So she said, well, let me take my kids to see the pastor. Maybe he can put a word of wisdom in them or something. So she went to take them one by one. So she took her, first, her oldest son, and, uh, she, and she left him in the room with the pastor. And so he's talking to uh, the, son, the son, and he says, um, so... Where's God? Jimmy? And Jimmy's like, just looking at him. He's like, no, really, where's God, Jimmy? And Jimmy's looking at him again and getting a little nervous. And then the third time he said, well, where's God? Jimmy gets up and bolts home. And then he runs over and tells his brother, we got to get out of here. God's missing and they think we did it. (laughs) I thought that was so cute. Oh, my goodness. So during this um, situation that we are in with this illness, this virus that's creeping through the whole world, not, you know, just all over the place, I have been seriously going into deep meditation. And the story of Job came up for me for some reason, you know, so I've been meditating on that. And, you know, I've heard people say, when you're going through something and you've gone through like some a tragic after a tragic after a tragic, seemingly tragic, or some trials and tribulations and you're enduring it and suffering it, people have been said to have the patience of Job who've gone through that, right? You have the patience of Job. And then I meditated and thought about that for a minute. Job didn't have patience <laughs> when he was going through that. So really, what does that mean, you know? So as I meditated on this situation, on this, what's going on here, and the title came to me to speak on today, The Patience of Job, I asked God, well, what is it that you want me to share about this story of Job? Because in this story, in the beginning of the story, we read about this guy named Job who has um, been doing everything that he's supposed to be doing according to the Jewish tradition. He's ethical and he's upright and he's doing everything right. And so... Then we see, then it goes into, it's like a really nice piece of literature if you read it. So if you get a chance, I'd like you to read that, the book of Job. And so um, then they go into a scene where Satan is wandering around in heaven and talking to God. And he's saying, and God says, well, where have you been? He's like, oh, I've been going all around the, uh, the earth, seeing what's going on. And God says, well, have you noticed my... My servant Job, I'm going to read that section. It's um, in Job, it is in chapter 1, verse 8. It says, Then the Lord asked Satan, Have you noticed my servant Job? He is the finest man in all the earth. He is blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God and stays away from evil. And so Satan goes, Of course he does, because you've been keeping a hedge over him. You've been protecting him. You know, so, he's, so nothing can touch him because you protected him. And he said, but take something away from him. Take away his possessions and everything and watch him curse you. So God says, all right, go ahead and do it. But do not bother his body. So that's what Satan does, goes down there. And and this is in the story, he goes down there and he wreaks havoc in Job's life. Takes all of his stock, 
all of his cattle, takes away all of his possessions, even kills his kids. And in that space, Job's response is, I came naked from my mother's womb, and I will be naked when I leave. The Lord gave me what I had, and the Lord has taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. So he's still in a space of standing in his power, right? And then so um, God gives Satan permission to do this again. But he says now, because Satan, yeah, you, you're still protecting him personally. Of course he's going to still praise you. So God gives him permission to go um, inflict Job with a terrible plague. So he's inflicted with this. I wish you had that picture up there that you had faith. All these boils and everything all over his body. And he's in agony. And his, and his wife, I'm at now, um, Job chapter 2, this is verse 9. And it says, his wife said to him, are you still trying to maintain your integrity? He's saying, she says, curse God and die. And Job replies, you talk like a foolish woman. Should we accept only good things from the land of God and never anything bad? He says, so in all, in so all his ways, he still stood in his ground that God was good, right? But then it didn't go away. He still had this affliction. And after a while, he's starting to question this. And then, and then in a little bit, his friends come and sit with him for a minute. Now, he's in a state of shock now because the mind starts to wander. Wait a minute. What did I do? I'm a good person. Why, did, why is this happening to me? And so then the question comes up, why does bad things happen to good people in here, right? So he's sitting there questioning, and he's in a state of shock right now. And his friends come up. His friends' names are Eliphaz, um, Beldad, and Zophar. And they come up, and they sit and talk with him. Well, first they sit with him in silence. You know, it's nice to have sometimes friends who know when to talk to you and when not to talk to you. Like if you're in a state of shock, they'll sit and they'll just be there with you. It's nice to have those friends who, the, who will be there with you. A lot of times when I'm having my weepy moments, that's what Howard, Howard will do. He'll just be there with me, <laughs> which I love. I love it when you do that, sweetie. And, and then I get to get it out. So he's sitting there in shock. And then all of a sudden he starts to, wait a minute, what's going on? And he starts to complain. And he starts to, not, he's not cursing God, but he's complaining and questioning. And then his friends represent that part in us that sits and at, looks at it from all human angles to see what's going on and why are we going through this situation, right? And then I don't, it doesn't make sense. That, but you must, and he, they keep telling him, there's something you did wrong. You sinned somehow against God. There's something in your actions. So repent. And he's standing in his, his truth. that I did not do anything wrong. I did everything I was taught to do. I know what I did. I didn't do anything wrong. So they're trying to question every single thing and pick apart his life to see in his life where he did something wrong to tell him to repent. And after going through that three times, going through this conversation with his three friends, they realize that he said everything he's going to say. He's, st he's stuck and rooted. I didn't do anything wrong. And then there's another young man who comes, who's part of this group. His name is Elihu. And Elihu comes up and says, and, and mentions to him, you're sitting here questioning God. You're sitting here discussing this and everything. But have you sat still and approached and talked with God? Have you gone deeper in your consciousness with God? Now, as we look at this situation that's going on in this world, all of these things that are going on, all of these people who are contracting coronavirus and this, and this seeming plague that's going all over the world. It's like, why is this happening? Why is this happening? 
And then you do have the questions, the things, same things in Job is coming up. People aren't, now, now there's a lot of things that are being lost in this whole situation. Like up at Michigan State and them, they have to come home. All these kids who are, who are a part of uh, classes, they have to come home. The schools are closing. It's wreaking havoc on our lives. That's a financial strain on families who need their children to go to work so they can go to school. And some of us are feeling the pressure and some of us are feeling the agony or the hysteria that's going on. Some of us are highly sensitive people and we're feeling the energy of people in, who are in, afraid and fearful. Why is this happening? And then we realize in this story, he's in a state of self-righteousness. You know, why is this happening to me? Why isn't it happening to somebody? The evil people get away with things. And if you remember, Jesus said, in this world, you will have trials and tribulations. He didn't say the evil people will have it. He said, even God rains down on the good and the evil, the, good and the just and the unjust evenly. So everyone is going to in, in, going through some type of experience. And it's all connected somehow to our consciousness. So a thought came to me. As we grow through life, first we're babies, and we go through a space of nursing or being breast, uh, breastfed or drinking from formula, and then our body naturally moves into a space where that's not enough and we need to eat regular solid food, right? And then, that's, then we move into where we, it's time for us to stand up and walk. And then we move into a place where we learn how to talk and we learn how to um, express things. Then we learn how to learn. We learn how to use different things, stand up, move, all of these things. There's processes that instinctively and intuitively in our body move forward. And that's our behavior, that's our personality, that's how we learn, right? Moving us forward, always progressing, right? But why wouldn't that be in the spiritual consciousness as well? Seriously. Why wouldn't it be that when we go through our trials and tribulations, it's not what did I do? It's where can I move into a deeper level of spiritual maturity with God? That's where we are right now. Because when you think about it, it's the collective consciousness of the world that's going through this. It's not just China or Italy. or the, This is the world. It's the collective consciousness of the world that's being afflicted with this. So as we move in our space of doing our precautions, doing the recommended, you know, the, the steps to keep ourselves safe, it is also important for us to stay in a space of moving deeper into peace with God. You can still have a high quality of life even when you're going through this experience. And while Job is sitting there worrying and complaining, he's in agony, he's causing his own suffering because he's agonizing about this, trying to figure out what he did. And he did have to repent. When Elihu teaches, shows him, Elihu represents the Holy Spirit. Jehovah, who is God in this story, represents our Christ consciousness. Satan represents those moments in us that is our tendency to be negative about a situation. Oh, we're doing well. I'm doing well. Yeah, what can go wrong? Those moments where we're thinking what can go wrong in the situation. That's what Satan represents. Those fear-based thoughts that will come up and take away our happiness. And then those three friends represent the way that we dissect the situation to see what's going on and move into self-righteousness. This shouldn't be happening to me. This shouldn't be happening to me. Why? I can't understand it. And you will not be able to understand it if you're coming from your human consciousness of self-righteousness with the personality. 
That's the patience of Job. Having a temper tantrum when you're going through an experience. And in that moment, we are, we are given the opportunity, everything that we go through that's a healing opportunity in our body, in our circumstances, is literally first and foremost a healing opportunity in our way of thinking. To move into a higher expression no matter what you're going through. So we move from the patience of Job into the patience of Jesus. Does that make sense? Every single situation we are in, especially those. Now, see, when he lost his children and he lost everything outside of him, it's easy to stand in, in, in truth and say, yes, I, you know, God giveth and God taketh away. When it's dealing with something outside of us, and we've all had different situations where we can stand in the truth easily. But then when it hits you deep in a space that's sensitive and vulnerable to you, and that's where we are right now. That's where we are right now in this world and in our lives. That's where we are right now. We're hit in a space that's vulnerable. Lives are being taken away. There's this fear coming up. But even in that, God is present. God is always present. Even in that, it is important to move into a deeper expression that God is still that almighty, powerful presence in our lives and in the universe. And when you hold on to that, you can still stand in a space of peace in that situation. What is your relationship with God right now? Seriously. If you're in a state of, of fear and panic, you're not looking at God. You're looking at the circumstances. I promise you God is in the midst of the circumstances. There is a cure for everything. I don't care what people say. If it is created in consciousness in this world, it can be healed in consciousness in this world. God is an almighty, powerful presence that can heal anything, but you've got to stand in it and know it to be so. You can't just say, oh, yeah, God will bless, you know, unity principles. Are you living it deep down and outside, or are you just walking around, skip to the loo, God, this, God, that? No, seriously. Because when it hits you, if you skip to a loo, you're not going to do it when it hits you. You're going to go into panic, worry, be afraid, all of these things. Are you standing in the patience of Christ? I believe patience is where peace meets being still. And in that space where you're sitting in peace and you're being still, you feel the presence of God opening you up. Now, when Elihu started talking, he represents the Holy Spirit. Once you get rid of your temper tantrums, Jesus goes, are you, I remember I used to have a fit and my dad would be like, are you done yet? Okay, keep on going. You need to have my fit. Are you done yet? Okay, now can you hear me? Are you listening to me? Now I'll say yes. And I used to do that with my kids too. Don't you know God's doing that with us? Are you done yet with the ranting and raving? Are you ready to hear the truth? Sometimes you are not going to know the answer. That is just the real. That is just the truth. Sometimes you're not going to know why things happen. But it will always, every single situation will open a door for you to step into the presence of knowing God more deeply. That's the whole purpose of our life, is to know God more deeply. And I promise you, through this whole experience, through this whole experience, if you move into a deeper, deeper, deeper experience and expression of God, 
there will be no hysteria. There will be no fear. There will just be people working together in love, cooperating with each other to keep the spread and to find a cure and to move in the presence that there is one. Because I promise you there is one. Whether it's known in our human mind or not, it's inside the Christ. There is a presence of healing everywhere. But you got to start with your mind. In the moment he got, Job realized this truth. Oh, man, I've been talking about things. He said, I've been talking about things I don't even know. I've talked about things I've heard of. How many times do we talk about things we heard of? It's called gossiping, right? And he said, but now I have seen you. In this situation, have you seen God? You know you've seen God because there's a shift and there's a change in how you behave and how you act, how you think, how you show up. There's a shift and there's a change. And when you affirm something, you're not just affirming it, just saying the words and espousing the words. You're affirming it from the Christ within. And the Christ within is the one that's affirming it. I am the presence of God. Together, I am the presence of God. Now, when he heard God, what God told him to do, first God rebuked, which means in our consciousness, realigning, the fourth unity principle, realigning. In the story, God rebukes his friends and says, you're talking about things you don't know of. And we often talk about God and we don't know what we're talking about. We often say this thing and say that thing. We don't really know. And so he rebukes them, which means shifting your consciousness, realigning, letting go of the power of that fear connected to the thoughts and beliefs. Let it go. Let it go. It only has control over you if you let it. You only suffer in a situation if you hold on to the fear of what's going on. Let it go. Step into peace. Affirm the peace of God in every situation, because I promise you, God is in this situation. And then forgive yourself. And we've learned in truth and lessons in truth that to forgive means to give some form of good, which is really the highest form of good is an expression of love for what we've received or thought of that was error that was done to us. You give love, purify those thoughts through the power of pure love. And when you do that, you shift in consciousness. So as we're going through this situation, wherever in your mind there's any judgments or thoughts, forgive yourself and then forgive whoever it is that you have a a, a whatever thoughts or whatever towards someone. I heard this story of this lady who was in line and there was an uh, a older lady in front of her. She was on Facebook, this lady who was saying that. She said there was a lady in front of her who was watching the cashier intently. And the cashier was ringing up her stuff and everything and he touched his face and she had a fit. Oh my God, you touched your face. Don't touch anything else. Go wash your hands. And he said, I can't wash my hands. I'm, a, I'm a, you know, I'll hold up the line. She said, I don't mind waiting. So he said, well, there's some hand sanitizer here. Can I use that? And she's like, yes, use the hand sanitizer. And she's so indignant and self-righteous. So he takes the hand. He's nervous. He takes a little bit of dollar, but he wipes it a little bit as much. As done. She said, and the lady who was watching said, he didn't even wipe, wipe it long enough to kill any germs. But that satisfied her, that lady who was so being so indignant. And so she's standing there. Yes, yeah, so you can, you know, like you're going to spread the corona, whatever, right? So then he tells her her total. 
and she promptly pulls out her credit card, swipes it, and then, without thinking about it, touches that keypad that everybody's touched. <laughs> and then strolls off like she did her job as the corona police. And the lady's sitting there like, uh, you, uh, okay. <laughs> so the lady who's, who was telling his face, she said, so touch your face, touch your face. <laughs> but that's the hysteria that's going on out here that we're treating each other mean. And the slightest thing, we're, we're having a fit and getting afraid. I say, move into a space of peace and love. Treat each other as if you know their Christ. See everyone, divine, whole, perfect, and complete. As we think of or hear of someone else who's contracted the virus, send out love to them seeing them whole, perfect, and complete. And just like the, the, the Daily Word said, as we pray for them, we are praying for ourselves. Hold yourself in the light of being, feeling per, that you're perfect, whole, and complete. And be that expression. Once Job prayed for his friends, he got everything back that was taken from him. The moment you realign with God, you have you've stepped right back into prosperity consciousness, and you've connected yourself with the truth that you are. You are prosperous. You are a divine expression of God. Everything that is of God is of you. You are perfect, whole, and complete. Hold yourself in that consciousness. Hold others in that consciousness. Stay wise in your, the way you interact. And those who want to stay in, in a way, and that's perfect. But as you're away and watching, stay in a space of love as well. Because the more you move yourself in fear, the more you lower your quality of life. Even if you're sitting at home safe and sound and you're still having a panic and hysteria, you're not around anybody. It's time to move deeper into love, love. What the world needs now, the kicker part, the kicker of that is the world has love walking around in each and every one of us. Does the world, are we expressing it? The world needs an expression of what's inside of you. When we walk in this world during this crisis and even after this crisis, continue to be an expression of God, an expression of love. Move out of the patience of, patience of Job and move into being the patience of Christ, which means that no matter what's going on, you're rooted in the truth of who you are, divinely whole, perfect, and complete. You are the spiritual image and likeness of God, and so is everyone else. And let's treat each other that way. And let's move out of hysteria and fear. Let's stay in a conscious, uh, productive, healthy acts and practices. But as we do it, let's love, love, love. I am an expression of love. Together, I am an expression of love. And that's what the world needs. We have love. It's right in your heart. Let's express it out right now. Just send it out. God, right now, in the holy name and nature of Jesus, I thank you so much for elevating us out of the patience of Job and moving us into the patience of Jesus, knowing that we will walk through trials and tribulations. But when we stay connected to the consciousness of the Christ within us, the consciousness of God, and release any dark thinking, and even when it creeps up, realign our mind, our soul, and our spiritual awareness with you, 
that we will have a higher quality of life. We can still say, stay happy, whole, and complete in this experience. Thank you for blessing all the world, all the world, everyone inflicted and everyone who is not, keeping them whole, perfect, and complete. Thank you for healing, healing, healing. And thank you for the cure. In the mighty name and nature of Jesus, I pray. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Amen. Amen. I am the expression of love. Together. Say it again, emphasizing I am. I am the expression of love. I am perfect, whole, and complete. I am perfect, whole, and complete. Amen? 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 Amen. 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 Thank you. That's it. for listening to this Unity of Farmington Hills podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and uplifted you. 
If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings, but still want to support our spiritual community, visit our giving page at www.unityfh.com donate.